Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Here's your host, Tyler Wagner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Today, I have Brian Simon with us. So welcome to the show, ma'am. Hey, thanks for having me, Tyler. Of course. Grateful to have you here. So can you kick us off? Tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I moved to this uh, Virginia Beach area about 20 years ago to go to Regent University. And, and then uh, within a few years, I, I fell in love with real estate and business and entrepreneurship. And so about 18 years ago, I dove in and started to find land for builders, started to sell houses as a real estate agent, and then partnered up with uh, my partner, Kenton. We started home building. And so I've got, uh, I've got a dog, a cat, two kids and a wife, and I just I hustle all the time and just go after business dreams. Nice. I love that. <laughs> um, so uh, let's start with... I, I see here too that you've started over 10 successful businesses. So I'm curious how many like have failed and then how were you able to create 10? Is there some sort of like formula that you figured out? No, honestly, man, if I were, uh, if I were doing it all again, I would have been in less businesses because okay. what I found was as I thought each time it wasn't going to take all that much energy that much focus, that much money, you know, by having the right partner, by having the right setup. What I found was it was too many businesses. It was too much distraction. And so as soon as I would have uh, a, a group of them doing very well, something would come along and cause me to pull away from my most important businesses and focus on the others. And so what I started doing just a few years ago was trying to unwind and either sell or uh, you know uninvolve myself from some of the businesses so I can focus on the ones that matter the most, the ones that have the greatest long-term potential. And so for me, I look at it now as I overdid it. I expand, I stretch myself and my staff and my finances a little too far. And so I, you know, very successfully was able to unwind and, uh, you know, empower and sell and transition. So now I focus on the businesses that matter the most, the ones that generate revenue, uh, the ones that are, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still in very risky business, you know, so home building is very risky. You have to always borrow millions of dollars to continue to do business. But my partner and I have been doing that so long, we've kind of gotten used to it. And so between the home building, the title, and the real estate company, the real estate company fit really is where I pour my energy, my time, my money uh, on the day-to-day -day the most. And because it has the greatest, greatest reward, big picture. Okay, so yeah, that was going to be my next question is, so out of the, let's say, 10 plus businesses, did you discover, it seems to me, that the most important ones were related to real estate? Yeah, for me, absolutely. You know, what I found was I'm, I'm so tied into my niche. You know, I've been doing it for so long that home building and real estate brokerage, you know, we have about 70 or 80 real estate agents at Fit Realty. And 
we've, you know, so sell about an average of 60 to a hundred million a year in real estate residential property. And so it's one of those things where the amount of time, energy, money it takes to keep that train moving, uh, anything that's a distraction, you know, so in one situation, like my studio, Simon Media, you know, I sold uh, the majority of that business to my partner and basically told her media for me was a distraction. You know, helping to build a media company is not helping me to build the thing that I'm most invested in, the thing that I've invested, you know, millions of dollars now into over these years. And so, you know, uninvolving myself, uh, to uh, more empower, you know, my partner in that situation, Ethel Dela Cruz, you know, she's doing well with that. Uh, the pandemic's not going to help. That's a tough business for this uh, situation we have going on. But, um, you know, that's, you know, so that's an example of, I, I, you know, what happens when you hear all these guys talk about, you know, diversify and multiple streams of income and, you know, but what I found was even like we flipped houses for so many years, my partner Kenton and I, we would buy, renovate, major renovate homes. And we chose last year, we are done renovating and flipping houses, even though every year it's a portion of our income. And that was because our home building company, Custom Homes of Virginia, has been on such a strong growth cycle that buying and flipping houses is nothing but a distraction for us and our staff. And I think that, you know, as young entrepreneurs in our early 40s, you know, we want to always bite off more than we can chew. And so we have to pull ourselves back. At least that's how my partner and I have chosen to do. And, uh, you know, and say we choose not to flip houses so we can make sure we build the very best homes and not distract our staff. Got it. Okay. And that, it leads to my next one. Cause you said like young entrepreneurs. So, you know, if you wanted to get started in real estate, like where would you start? Like, I guess, what was your first like big win? I mean, each, uh, each part of it had a win, you know, whether it was the first house we flipped, the first house we built to me, when I give people advice, very honest advice, I would tell them, the, the safest, lowest risk place to start in real estate is getting your real estate license and becoming a real estate agent. Because, you know, there's been many times in the first few years that my partner and I were flipping houses and building houses, we would get to the closing table and the real estate agents made more money than we did on the house. And we're the ones who borrowed hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're the ones who took all the trouble and had to, you know, check the soil, the sewer, the water, you know, all of that work, the real estate agents would make the money. It was always so funny to us. So, so, you know, so that's one of the things. So that's why I love, you know, working with the agents that we have at Fit Realty is I tell them, you know, before you flip your first house, help another investor do multiple homes, you know, help, help them, with their money, their risk. And that way you can learn instead of just diving out. Cause everybody thinks, you know, I'm going to go grab his house and flip it and make a hundred thousand dollars. You know, I saw, <laughs> I saw an infomercial. I'm all excited. You know, well, what happens when you go flipping that house and then you, you realize you didn't check the, 
the septic system or there was a problem with the soil or the electric or, you know, these different things that happen that, that may, were you ready to take that financial risk and can you bounce back? You know, so when it, if it does go south, you know, can you bounce back or was it too big a risk and you really shouldn't have taken it yet? You know, so we've lost money and made money on rent, home renovations. Um, so I love it. It's a wonderful thing. We have a lot of agents who work with investors regularly. Um, but, it, but typically I would say start as a real estate agent because it's a low risk, uh, high reward type of a, a real estate role. Got it. And then is the, for, cause you said earlier home building is, is, you know, pretty risky. So I guess what is the main is the main risk that you're just borrowing a ton of money and and there's I guess a chance that after you build then it'll just sit on the market and you won't be able to pay back the loan. Well, that's for us. We've had a lot of you know that has not been a big issue for us. Normally, if we build it, we'll sell it. Um, where we have typically taken our our butt kicking is you know, even though we do so much research on the land, like when we first got started, you know, right back in, in 2007, 2008, 2009, right around the first market, you know, the great recession uh, market crash, you know, we lost a lot of money on certain pieces of land uh, because we didn't know in the beginning how to research land properly. So we, we thought, well, the water and sewers right here, well, go to the city and find out no, actually, you can't tap that part of the water and sewer. You got to bring it a quarter of a mile down the street instead. You know, and all of a sudden now you're fifty thousand dollars in bringing water and sewer. Um, you know, another lot we had owned was you know the soil was soft, so when the guys went to build the foundation, their truck started sinking, and uh, next thing you know, we had to bring in like telephone poles to drive into the bedrock of the ground as if we were building on the ocean, you know? And, and so that was one we, we lost quite a bit on. So a lot of times it's the land research. Mm. You don't want to just buy a piece of land and then hope you can build. Um, you know, a lot of times people will buy a beautiful piece of land and they don't realize that if you buy a 10 acre piece of land, at least where we live, you might put twenty or thirty thousand dollars in surveys, where if you buy just a regular normal little lot, you know, like a seventy-five by hundred foot lot, you're only going to put you know anywhere two to five thousand dollars in survey work. Um, but what you know, so it's the things you don't know many times are the things that get you. And so once you learn them, that's what we say. We try to only learn these lessons once. You know, when we first got started, we found out real quick you better test that soil. It's worth paying 400 bucks to have a guy come and drill that soil before you buy the lot. You know, so little things like that. Gotcha. Okay. And I know, uh, I guess maybe we could get dive a little bit deeper into specifics here. So one of the things that, uh, you know, you discuss is how to buy your first home profitably. So can we dive in a little deeper on specifics of how to do that? Yeah. You know, in that section of the book, it's just, it's unpacking, what are your options? It's just like anytime you go to do something significant, you always want to ask, what are my options? You know, and look at it from a, you know, this is not my forever home. You know, it's rarely is a home a forever home. 
you know, being in this business a long time now, I see many times people will buy a home. They think they'll be there for many, many years, three to five years later, they're ready to roll. You know, they find some other neighborhood they like better, another piece of land they like better. Uh, so, so taking uh, account of where am I now and financially, you know, do I want to go with a more affordable, like a townhouse? Do I want to go with an already built new construction home? Do I want to have a custom home built? Um, you know, and then looking at your finances, what, you know, where am I financially? Uh, what are the benefits to me of buying? You know, what are my tax deductions? You know, financially, um, is this property high? Is there a high chance this will grow in value? Um, you know, and going in the book, just talking about some different styles of negotiation. You know, everybody's got a style. And one style is not bad and the other good. You know, there really are different approaches to negotiations. And the market a lot of times determines how much you can negotiate. Um, you know, like right now, the market's really hot. So there's not a lot of negotiations unless you go to the source and actually find owners who are either behind on taxes or their houses you know, sitting empty and they live in another state and you can work a direct deal, you know, but finding homes on the market right now in our area, you know, there's not a lot of negotiation. So you have to take things like that into account. Um, but the key is, is, you know, what, what will this home do for me over the next few years? Can, will me, my family, will we be happy? Uh, is it enough room for us? Can we, is the budget uh, going to be comfortable for us? And hopefully it's something that will grow in value. And uh, that's, that's one of the things I love about real estate, you know, is homes that I sold people all the way back in the crash, even when the, the market crash happened back in 08, 09. Uh, some of those clients right now, they're selling those houses they bought at the top of the market back then. And they're still making money on them now, you know, so so the, the homes recovered in value. They came back up in value. Now they're selling them, taking uh, great profits and buying something that's different than where they were. Got it. And so with your family, uh, I'm just curious, like, did, have you and your, I'm, I'm sure you have. So you and your wife have spoken because it seems like you definitely work a lot. So how have you found, I guess, the word balance? I don't really love the word balance, but like, how have you found that balance with like spending time with family, but also, you know, you started over 10 businesses. Now it seems like you dialed it down to maybe three that you focus on real estate related. So like, yeah, I guess what's a typical week look like for you as far as work in, in correlation to family time? Yeah. You know, like you say, I, the balance thing is I kind of gave up on work-life balance. You know, <laughs> uh, I started using that work-life harmony, uh, like, Cause I, I love what I do. And so for me, I could work all the time, you know, like I could sit in bed on the weekends and keep doing emails and keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Um, so it's a lot of it is, is that my, my wife and my kids, they know that I'm a go that I'm always like on the go. Uh, but the time that we have together matters. Now my wife, she was a stay at home mom for 13 years. And she just, uh, just uh, several months ago, about six months ago, she uh, came and started working for me full time at the brokerage. 
And so she has been one of the best uh, new employees I've ever had and the most affordable as well. Uh, But, uh, uh, you know, she has done a a really great job and it's that, that caused, you know, a little bit of a transition, you know, something where, okay, now my, my wife is working for me or we, I was nervous or we, you know, we've gotten along all these years. Are we still going to get along, you know? And it's been, it's been a nice transition. And, uh, so it's, it's one of those things I think that sometimes my wife, Jamie has over the years has encouraged my kids to, uh, to understand that part of being a business owner, entrepreneur is that sometimes daddy just needs to let daddy go work, let daddy go do his thing, you know? Um, but I like to try to be home every night. I like to be home on the weekends uh, as much as I can. And, um, and so we just, we spend the time we can. And now with this, uh, you know, with what's going on, you know, yeah. the kid being out of school, um, has, is definitely different, you know, but it's been, um, it's been a, just a fine little transition. I'm learning to play a little more Xbox with my son <laughs> and a little call of duty. That's been a oh, lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, my brother plays call of duty all the time. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like if they if they had had that 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 kind of game when I was a kid, I I might never have left the house, man. <laughs> yeah, for real, that's, that's pretty cool stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, in relation to that too, I wanted to ask, like, what do you? Cause you seem to be operating at a very high level, right? So as far as energy goes, what are you doing when you're not working? When you're not, you know, hanging out with the family from like a health workout? type of uh, morning ritual type of stuff? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, for me, I've got, I've got a little balcony off my master bedroom and I, I will tend to uh, walk out there, look in the woods. Cause I'm, I was born raised in, in a small town in West Virginia. And so for me, hunting and fishing and being in the woods and seeing and being around animals uh, is just really brings me peace. Uh, so I sit out on my balcony and uh, just just soak in what's behind my house. And even though I'm, I'm more living a bigger city nowadays than where, where I grew up, uh, I picked a house that's right behind woods. And so that's been very nice and, and water. So um, so that's one thing. You know, I um, a nice stretch in the shower, listen to some great music um, and just get my head right. As you know, energy internal energy is the thing i'm like if you you know because you get your butt kicked in business you know people will uh yell at you people will be very mean very rude people always want to take 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 many times not everybody you know but there's always when you've got a lot of people around you like i do there's a hundred some people that have an opportunity to try to be jerks, (laughs) you know? Um, so, so for me, a lot of it is just quieting the, the, the noise, um, and keeping my head right. Because if you, if you let it soak in and you let the day to day, uh, pull down your energy, your energy is huge, you know? And that's why, like I talk about in my book, you know, in the real estate journey, just, you know, when you, if you have time, you sit down, you write down, what am I thankful for? What, you know, simple things. What am I thankful for today? What am I thankful uh, 
the little things, the things that you just won't naturally think about because you take them for granted. And so you've got to ask yourself, you know, I'm thankful for my business, even though sometimes my business is uh, kicks my butt. You know, I'm thankful for for these different reasons. You know, things like that help energize. And I find that you you are not you're not allowed to let yourself lose energy. If you lose energy as the entrepreneur in the type of business I'm in, you're in big trouble because other people feed off of that energy. My staff, the agents, um, you know, the way that we drive the business forward in, in un, you know, risky times, unknown times. Um, and so I really try to pay a lot of attention to my personal mental uh, attitude because my attitude, if it starts slipping, I can tell the effects on others. Got it. hundred um, percent. Yeah. Nature is really big for me as well. I um, grew up like an hour North of Philadelphia. So it's like four acres of land. We see like uh, bucks running in the backyard. A yeah. lot. So yeah. There's something about that for sure. And is for any specific like diet or anything, or is it, um, eat whatever you want. What's that look like? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just try to stay clean. You know, I try to, I just try to eat clean is kind of what I say. Um, okay. You know, I definitely don't, I, I have let myself, cause I, yeah, as you see in my book, you know, I did some bodybuilding back in the day yeah. and some competing and things like that. And I, nowadays I just, as much as I would like to shift back into that and maybe, maybe I will one day, uh, for me now, it's just about, I'm just, just trying to not be excessive and being careful about eating out certain foods too much because I, I, I can definitely tell I'll slip into a kind of a cycle of just eating too much junk, you know? Yeah. So I just try to keep an eye on it, man. I'm, you know, it's, it definitely makes a difference, um, you know, be getting a little bit of exercise. Nowadays, I might just take my dog Charlie for a walk on the path, things like that. Just, just try to get, just move, you know, so yeah, I'm just, move. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still a little bit of a workaholic, you know, just a little bit. Um, you know, I've been, I've been trying to uh, pull that back a little bit. I've, I've made a lot of progress. I used to work till like two in the morning, almost every night and uh, more just because I wanted to, you know, like I'd, I'd give my wife a kiss good night tell everybody good night. I'd go to the other room and I'd just, you know, I'd be whiteboarding and planning and laying out details for staff. And I just don't do that anymore. I, it's very rare. You know, now I, when it's bedtime, I go to bed, you know, and I watch a little Netflix with my wife and then go to sleep. So, yeah. <laughs> so that, so it's, it seems so I, like you might be, um, uh, like, cause people would call me this like an extremist. Like when I'm like, all in on something I'm like all in but the kind of downside of that is other aspects of my life can start to fall apart a little bit if I'm not careful of how all in I go on that specific thing which is normally work um so that's that's interesting but it seems like you have with your family you've kind of found a good balance there um one of the things that I thought I would just bring up because you, you uh mentioned the um, what you're thankful for and stuff. There's uh, one of my friends actually created this thing called the five minute journal. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it, but it is um, 
it's pretty cool. It's, and basically that's what got me into writing gratitude about eight years ago. I started it and all, it's just a little journal. Every morning you write three things you're grateful for and every night you do it as well. And, and what's interesting is it really does start to reshape your thinking patterns instead of, you know, uh, being wanting more all the time, you end up being grateful for what you have. And it makes sense because you're starting your day with it and ending your day with it. So it's kind of like, you're I love so, you know, so, uh, and I wanted to ask too, just about finances. So, uh, you know, as detailed as I guess you want to get about managing finances, I know you speak on it in your book, but I think for our listeners, it would be something helpful because what I've found, that's kind of the part that I'm in, in entrepreneurship. And I think entrepreneurs that do start to make some money, that's what happens is once you make money, then it's like, well, what do I do with this money? <laughs> so I'm curious, like, what have you found with that and how do you manage your finances? Yeah. Like, so in the real estate journey, that chapter five, I've got pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Um, and the key there is, you know, you're, you have to know your taxes. You have to have a good CPA. Um, it's very important to have a good banker. It's important to have a good attorney. Uh, so as your business becomes more financially successful. If you wait too long, uh, you will, might will wake up one day and realize that you earned a lot of money and you don't have anything to show for it because you gave it all back away. And so, but you also got to make sure you pay your taxes, you know, and that's key. So I've, I've watched a lot of real estate agents, you know, come through Fit Realty over these years. And some of the most successful ones, um, that did not make it long-term. They didn't make it because they didn't know how to save their money and pay their taxes and, and do some of those basic things that we're required to do. And so that's where I tell people it starts. Uh, debt reduction. A lot of times, you know, we think, um, you know, at least for me, I can get into a cycle, man, we're borrowing all this money to build houses, you know? And, uh, but, that doesn't mean I need to borrow money for things that I don't need to borrow money for. So whether that's type of vehicle, whether that's a vacation house, whether that, you know, and these things could be good, you know, could be good things to buy things. But, but on the other hand, you know, it's, if you can take the money that you've got, you can pay down debt, but you still, if you can open up credit lines, so you have access to cash when you might need it. Because when, when you need money, banks won't give it to you. If, you know, I hope some of y'all figured that out. You know, <laughs> my, my dad used to tell me that when I was a kid and I had no idea what he meant. Now I get it. You know, when you need money, the banks will not give you money. So when you don't need money, they'll give you all the money that you could ever want. And so what I tell people is when your business is hitting a peak of financial strength, it's a great time to open up lines of credit that are good, solid, fair rate, you know, good banks. Um, so that if your business fluctuates, you have access to those things. And if you find opportunities, great investment opportunities, you know, like for me, I bought my own building uh, rather than lease a building. You know, I, we rent, we do lease one building for, uh, for the brokerage, but, the other building I own. And I love to go to the building I own. I love to uh, be there and know that, man, I've been paying down this mortgage for 10 years and I only owe like $80,000 on, on this commercial building now, 
you know? So it makes, I love to pay that debt down. I like to watch it go down uh, because I know that the older I get, the more properties, the more things like that, that I can get paid down, the more rent I'll be collecting, uh, just the better situation I'll be in. If I need to borrow money, I have equity there I can borrow from, you know? So, so it's, it's making investments that last, not investments that just feel good for just a minute, you know, go away. Um, so I love to watch my house, you know, get paid down and, I love, you know, I built this house maybe 10, 12 years ago, something like that. Um, and it's amazing how you're, you know, when you do like, especially if you refinance and turn it into like a 15 year loan or a 10 year loan, it's amazing how fast your, your properties get paid off. Uh, so that's a, that's a great thing. So it's, it's investing a lot of, t- you know, back when I was newer at, you know, success newer at, you know, I have more money coming in than what I need. And, you know, I, I use some of it very wisely and I saved money and I stacked money to the side, but some of it, I didn't, you know, some of that, I, uh, I invested too much into too many staff when I didn't need them. You know, I might, I invested into too many buildings, uh, leases when I didn't really need to expand so quickly. So the balance um, between savings and not, you know, when I had an opportunity to start a mortgage company about uh, eight years ago, you know, I had no idea when I first started it that I was going to end up needing uh, like a half a million dollars. And so because I didn't have to have that half a million dollars until uh, the, the mortgage rules changed. So I started a mortgage company. And then a year later, I had to come up with a half a million dollars to keep it, you know? So what would have happened had I not been saving money? Um, and a lot of people are like, why are you saving the money? Why are you just putting it into the bank? Why don't you buy a rental? Why don't you buy this rental? Why don't you buy that rental? And I'm like, I don't know. My gut just tells me I need to, I need to pack some cash. And so that's what I did for a season and, and was so thankful because the mortgage company that we started was one of my biggest financial seven year wins that I've ever had. Um, and so that was, uh, that was a, a great investment and uh, never regretted it. And, and I'm just out of curiosity, like what was that? Cause that, that's pretty wild, right? So like just randomly a year later, the mortgage industry or whatever was like, Hey, you have to do this thing or you're getting shut down. And that thing so happened to cost 500 grand. Like what was that? <laughs> Yeah. The thing was, is you, you actually had to put, so my partner and I together had to put a million dollars into a bank account so that if we did anything bad, the government could come and take it. So it was part of the Frank Dodd Act. I don't know if you remember, they passed that during the, uh, right after the crash, the 0809 crash, but it took a few years for the rules to actually kick in. So they passed the Frank Dodd Act, but certain levels of it were released each year. And so when uh, my partner at one point, uh, Town Bank is the bank that I had the partnership with. And they're like, Brian, we got, we got some bad news, man. <laughs> and I'm like, what you got? Like, we have to, you, you will come up with our money. You know, we need to come up with like, you know, whatever they needed, like 580, but we need you to come up with your part and we are not allowed to lend it to you. It's illegal for us to lend it to you. So you got to go to another bank, even though you bank with us, if you're going to borrow it. 
Uh, so I had to do a blend. A, uh, I did a blend of uh, borrow and uh, use my own cash and the cash I had been stacking uh, to the side. And so, and that was to stay in business. If we didn't have a million dollars in a secure bank account, uh, then we had to close down and we weren't allowed to buy and then sell our own loans anymore. So, wow, that's why yeah. I, I just feel like that'd be crazy to wake up to be like, oh, crap. I'll never forget, man. I called my dad and I'm like, dad, oh my God, what do I do? Do I just close it down? I mean, I would have to take every penny, every, I would have to use all my equity, use this, this. And my dad's like, son, you need to do whatever you need to do to keep that mortgage company. Cause that's the best business you have ever, ever had in your whole life. <laughs> so he's like, find the money. I can't lend it to you, but cause you're crazy. My dad's like, thinks I'm always so risky. He's like, I can't lend it to you. I don't want to use all my retirement, but good luck. You need to go find the money, son. That's what he told me. Oh, man. Um, so look, man, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I want to leave uh, just to wrap it up. Like anything else that you want to share, the floor is yours. And then after that, um, you know, please tell people the title of the book again and where they can get it, your website and anything else you'd like to share. Oh, great, Tyler. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, my, my last thing is, Business is a, is a wonderful journey, uh, very challenging entrepreneurship, and hope is so important. So whether it's because you have a market crash, whether you have problems with your staff, uh, infighting, you know, splits, you know, things like that, whether it's a pandemic, no matter what is happening, you have to uh, focus on hope and let hope build up in your heart. Uh, you have to revisit your dreams and your goals and remember that your goals are your goals. They're in pencil. They're not in pen, which means you can go back and you can change your goals as you grow and mature. You don't want to just hold on to your initial goals and dreams. You want to be willing to adjust them as you go. Um, and so that's, that's my encouragement is, is to not freeze in fear when things happen that you don't expect. When you freeze in fear, you're pretty much just calling it over and you can't do that. Entrepreneurs are not able to freeze in fear. They have to fight. They have to push. They have to revisit uh, goals, dreams, and, and create hope in their hearts so they can push to the next level. Um, and so I would encourage you guys, you can go to briansimon.com. Uh, I got some free downloads there. I have an e-learning course. Um, you can grab my book, The Real Estate Journey, at any bookstore uh, online right now is probably the best place. You know, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. Uh, grab a copy. If you do grab a copy of my book and you go to BrianSimon.com, send me a message that you did, and I'll give you access for free to go into my e-learning course. Uh, the e-learning course is all about goals, dreams, and legacy, because that's one thing I didn't get to cover much in my book was talking about legacy. Um, where, how do you want to be remembered uh, when you die? Because we all are actually going to die as much as we don't want to know that. Uh, so I encourage you all to think long-term, big picture, and pursue your dreams. So Tyler, thanks for having me on. It truly a, a pleasure. Of course, man. Thank you for coming on.
Unite show is sponsored by AuthorsUnite.com. Your one-stop shop for becoming a profitable author and maximizing your impact.